This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. How is your soul? The stress of living can leave us feeling weary emotionally, physically, and spiritually. But Jesus offers us a true antidote for an overloaded, restless soul. Join us today as we hear the message entitled, A Deeper Pause. If you're sick and tired of being tired, I hope you're going to stay with us for the next half hour, because Jesus has a refreshing word for you. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we lay down our doing and pause before you this day to worship you and hear your word. By the power of your Holy Spirit, renew our spirits today during this time as we focus on you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. complete our little mini-series entitled Pause, our reading for today 
is taken from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand, in Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe. This gift of love and righteousness Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day. Up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands for victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ I'll stand Dear friends, a photographer was snapping pictures of first graders at an elementary school and he was making small talk to put his little subjects at ease. What are you going to be when you grow up? He asked one little girl. <sighs> Tired, she said. There's a lot of tiredness going around these days, isn't there? I mean, we live in a fast-moving world with lots of pressures and deadlines and 
problems and tough circumstances that put us under a lot of stress, and that can make a person feel very tired. A certain fatigue sets in, a physical fatigue, emotional fatigue, and even spiritual fatigue. Makes our lives feel pretty flat. I came across this wonderful little analogy written by Mike Penenga, comparing life to a flat bike tire. On a recent bike trip, he said, it wasn't until I arrived home that I noticed something wrong. My tires were low. They needed air. The funny thing about bike tires is I don't remember taking air out of them. It just went somewhere. Somehow, air leaks. My tires weren't crazy low, but low enough to know that my efforts in pedaling were not producing maximum return. Each rotation was just a little bit harder than it would be had the tires been filled. It got me thinking. Life is like a bike tire. We don't intentionally take air out, it just leaves. And just as it's harder to pedal with flat tires, it's not as fun to live when the air is leaked out of our lives. We don't know where it goes or how. Life just has a way of deflating us. Difficult conversations. Psss, that's the sound of air leaving your tires. A tough day at work. Psss, overwhelmed by circumstances. It happens to all of us. He asks, what about you? Are you going through life with flat tires? And how fun is that? It's to people who are feeling like flat tires that a sweet invitation comes today. Come to me, all who weary and are carrying heavy loads, and I'll give you rest. And these are the words of Jesus. He has just previously to the, told his listeners that he and the father are one and to know him is to be connected to God and now he claims to be the Lord of rest he's the rest giver come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest and it turns out he's not talking about offering a nap for the body or some advice for the scrambled mind or a breathing exercise or stretching to relax your body or where to go on a vacation or how to slow down or leisure activities. No, he's talking about a deeper sort of rest when he says this. He's talking about rest for your soul. He said, you will find rest for your soul. That statement begs the question, what exactly is the soul? How would you answer that? We know of soul music. Aretha Franklin is a queen of soul. I love eating soul food. We've talked about the danger of selling your soul. When I was a kid, I was taught, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Sports franchises talk of a certain player as being the soul of the team. The eyes are described as the windows of the soul. So what exactly is the soul? I like what... Uh, Dallas Willard compares, he's a Christian writer, the soul to a stream, a stream that needs to be tended. Or what Gordon MacDonald talks about it as an inner garden that needs to be carefully kept. It's the inner part of you. It's the life center of human beings. And so we hear that the soul even being addressed in the book of Psalms, for instance. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, all that is within me. That's what the soul is. We all have one. It's the deepest part of you. It integrates your will, your mind, and your body. And get this, it's the most important part of you. And it needs continual care in order for you to thrive.
and it perhaps is the easiest part of you to neglect because we work so hard concentrating on our external existence, don't we? And we don't take much time to think about the soul. And that's not good because it's the most needy part of you, totally dependent. It has deep desires that long to be satisfied. And what the soul truly desires is connection with God. We know from the book of Genesis that God breathed life into man and man became a living soul. Our souls were made by God, for God, and they were made to need God. We're wired for God. We might try to fill that uh, need with other things, but the soul will never be satisfied. And so we hear again the psalmist say, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. I want to be with God. Or, As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after thee. You see, when the soul is neglected, and, and that refreshing stream isn't flowing, and we're trying to operate without God, that soul gets totally out of whack, polluted, fatigued. It soon is in a condition of deterioration. We see signs of soul fatigue in statements like these, I feel like my life's falling apart. Or, I'm coming apart at the seams. Or this, I can't seem to get my act together anymore. We see signs of it in other ways, like these. Things might bother you more than they should. You ruminate. Or it's hard to make up your mind about every decision you face. Or you have impulses. The impulses to eat and drink or spend, and they're harder to resist, and they get out of control. Or maybe your judgment is suffering. You're making bad decisions. Or you have less courage. Fatigue has a way of making us a little more cowardly. Well, it's in this passage that Jesus points out that the soul can be one of two ways. The soul can be weary and overloaded, or it can be at rest and have peace with him as God intended for you. So these words of Jesus beg a personal question. How is your soul these days? How is your soul these days? If it's in need of rest, as everyone's is, the antidote for an overloaded, restless soul is not a program, but a person. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who says, Come to me, and I'll give you rest for your souls. Have a relationship with me. Live with me. Follow me. Walk with me. And you will find rest. He's inviting us to take the opportunity to live intimately with him from one moment to the next. The one who lived 2,000 years ago promises his followers, I'm with you always. I'm available. I want to walk with you. And then he tells us what coming to him really involves. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now that yoke is oftentimes a, a symbol of being under the direction of someone else, a student under a teacher. 
So Jesus is saying, perhaps, be my disciple. Come under my control. Submit to me. Follow me. We also know from the farm that the oxen under the yoke come alongside of me. Perhaps Jesus was saying as well, let's share the load of life together. Let me teach you the rhythms. There's all kinds of yokes out there, you see, that can control your life and make you absolutely miserable. There's the yoke of the law. That you have to do this and do that in order to get God to love you. That if you're not in some way keeping all of the commandments, God will have nothing to do with you. He doesn't love you. You can't go to heaven. And you feel absolutely, totally strung out because of that, wondering what's going to happen to me. And then you've got the yoke of the various appetites that humanity has of wanting success or possessions. And they all become idols that that become taskmasters in our lives. And there's the yoke of perfectionism. I need to be that perfect person. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And Jesus says, hey, take my yoke. Learn from me. Be my apprentice. Come study under me. Do life with me. And in doing so, you will discover that I am gentle and I am humble. I am not an unloving taskmaster. I love you. I care about you. Your best interests I have in mind. You know, after 38 years of ministry, I've come to the conclusion that we need to remind ourselves now and then that while Jesus is our Savior and Lord, He's also our teacher. He knows what our lives need to work best. When he came into this world, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. He's pointing to himself. He's come to teach us kingdom life, God life. What's important? And he does that as you live with him in his holy word. As he speaks to us. For instance, what does it profit a person to gain the whole world and lose her soul? Now, this is diagnosis, not destination. He's not talking about going to hell. He's talking about a deteriorated condition of the soul. Or he says, life is more than what you eat and drink and wear, so don't worry. Your Heavenly Father knows you need these things. Trust Him. Or he warns us, be careful. Be on guard towards all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Possessions may be nice to have, but they can overcome your life when they become the center of it. Or listen to him say, you are valuable to your heavenly father. You are more valued than many sparrows. Or how about this? Beware of the Pharisees types, legalistic rule keepers who don't understand God's grace. Or you are forgiven. I died on a cross for your sins. And on and on the truths come from the lips of Jesus, for kingdom living, that if lived out, lead to a healthy soul and a very contented, joyful, peaceful existence. And as we observe Jesus, and not just listen to him in those statements, but as we observe him in action, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, We also can learn by watching him how to invest our time and energies, our mind, our body, as we copy him. Notice how 
busy Jesus always was. He was constantly under a lot of pressure, facing obstacles and opposition, still under control though, and able to obey God, to to be compassionate, to love God with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind, and his neighbor as himself, to even love the unlovable neighbor. How he was able to stay cool under pressure. You ever wondered where did that come from? It came from a well-rested soul. Focused on God. What did Jesus do? What were the activities that helped him to do that? The disciplines. Jesus was big on solitude and silence. You find him getting away from the crowds. The noise. The temptations and the distractions of life. And that time alone with God became a shelter, a refuge for him to face the busyness. Jesus took very long walks, didn't he? He enjoyed taking in the majesty of God's creation as we hear him describe the birds of the field and the vines and the farmers and all of creation. He was enthralled by the majesty of God's handiwork knowing that God was in control as he took it all in. He fed on the word of God, didn't he? He knew his Old Testament. He took breaks regularly. He took a nap on a boat, and he insisted his disciples take breaks as well as they came back from doing a witnessing trip, and he said, come away by yourselves and get some rest. He enjoyed spending quality time with close friends, laughing and sharing life. And of course, he was a worshiper, as was his custom. Each Sabbath, he went to the synagogue to be with the people of God and to take in the word of God. I want to ask you, are you enjoying the life that Jesus came to give you? A healthy rested soul because the invitation this day is come to him and apprentice yourself to him take his yoke upon you do life with him place your life in his hands and trust him with it not just with your eternity but with your day-to-day you might wonder well how can i be sure that he holds the real answers to having that kind of life healthy and rested i think of the cross where Jesus was restlessly writhing from pain. And I think of Isaiah fifty-seven twenty as the wicked are described as the tossing sea, which cannot keep still. In 2 Corinthians five twenty-one, where Paul says, He who knew no sin became sin for us. He became wicked for us. He experienced restlessness so that we could have rest. I think of the empty tomb, the resurrection, where God is basically affirming him and saying to us, His words are true. They're life for you. Come to him and you'll find rest for your souls. I conclude today with a story about a man named Horatio Spafford. He invested most of what he had in real estate. He lived in Chicago and lost everything in the great Chicago fire of 1871. It even destroyed his home. They had no insurance. He lost most of his money. In 1873, he put his wife and their four daughters 
on a ship heading to England as he stayed behind to re-stimulate his business. A few days after the ship departed, he received a telegram from his wife. Saved alone. What shall I do? There had been a shipwreck, and all four of the daughters perished. Horatio Spafford quickly boarded another ship to England, and as it passed over the same place in the ocean where his daughters had drowned, he wrote these words to a song. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. So what makes it well with one's soul? A close walk with Jesus Christ who promises, I give rest. I will give you rest for your soul. Amen. Just a closer walk with thee. Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be I am weak, but Thou art strong Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to Thee. Just a closer walk with Thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the gift of rest that comes to us through your son, Jesus. Help us to trust him with our souls and to walk closely with him forever. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. You've been listening to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has helped you accept Jesus' invitation to take his yoke upon you and receive rest for your weary soul. Place your life in his hands and trust him with your eternity as well as your every day. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit listener supported ministry dedicated to serving the spiritual needs of those unable to attend worship and all others who listen. 
We are extremely grateful and feel a great responsibility to all who support us with their prayers and gifts. In this effort, we are currently considering the viability of each station we use. Therefore, we are asking for your help. During the month of August, please let us know where you hear this program. You can mail this information to us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613, or by email to cc at naz.org, or by visiting our website at www.christiancrusaders.org, or by calling us at 888-693-2484. If you are listening to a radio station, please give us the call letters of that station. Each quarter, we print a newsletter called The Crusader. Each newsletter contains short messages by Pastor Kramer, Pastor Lavig, and Julie Nordstrom, our executive director. And in addition, other general information about Christian Crusaders. If you would like to receive this newsletter and are not already on our mailing list, please give us your name and address and we'll include you in our next newsletter mailing. We are happy you were able to worship with us this day and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker for Christian Crusaders, now in its 82nd year of regular Sunday worship broadcasting.